You good? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. We're good. We're alive. We're good, dude. All right. Um. So you want to start? Should I start? <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll uh, time that better next time. Um. Welcome back to the second episode of One Percent Toronto. I'm Henry. And I'm Matt. And uh, uh, we're back. So, I guess quick recap. Last week we talked about we talked about the uh, what budgeting is and the importance of it, and I guess little tips on how to manage your your money on a uh, regular basis. And I guess this week we'll be moving on to savings. No, like savings. Honestly, like I love talk. I love the progression of like budgeting to savings because like I feel like the first step towards like getting like personal finance, like confidence in personal finance, is like first working out a budget, and then once you start seeing your money collect in like a pool or like in the savings account, it's just so gratifying. And now like I feel like the progression, like how we're segueing, is like really good too because like once, like Matt said, when we talked about budgeting and like why we sh- you should have budget and like how to get started. And now we're moving on to savings. Everything will flow better and make more sense. So there are two main two main categories, I guess you could call it, that uh, of savings that we would classify it as immediate yeah. short term savings or a, a long term savings or slash investment. Mm-hmm. Right. So short term would be money that's relatively liquid. You know, money that you may need to pay off immediate expenses like rent or um, like groceries, I guess. No, yeah, definitely. Dude, fuck, I got sorry to tell you after this about Metro. Anyway, no, no, yeah, yeah, like groceries, uh, vacation funds, or mm-hmm. even your emergency fund, right? Because like, like Matt said, you want it to be super liquid. Mm-hmm. Emergency fund has to be super liquid. So like that, all that would go into the first category there of immediate short-term money. And uh, I, I guess for for long term, it would be more more for retirement, or um, you're looking to to save for a house. Those are like big purchases that you'll need a large sum sum of money in the future. And how to how we can work towards that goal. Mm-hmm. So like I guess like the focus on this episode, if like we had to summarize it in a sentence, is like now that you collected like a pool of money, what you can do to make that pool of money work for you right because like that money is sitting there there are a lot of things you could like that money could be doing passively that could benefit you like in the short term and in the long term when you're when you're saving your money and investing it generally that is not your main source of income uh your Mm. main source of income will still be your 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 job and whatever whatever investments you make that is just small extra earnings that you can you can make on the side with what you already saved up Mm -hmm. i think that's because i I feel i feel like you can't for for most people unless you have like a constant stream of money from from your investing let's say you're like a day trader or whatnot uh you wouldn't be able to make a living off trading uh alone so you would still have to, you know, keep the income coming on on your full time job or whatnot. Yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah, I think like I agree with you completely. Like I think what we're focusing on this episode for savings is like, you have money, what can you do with it, like on the side, 
to make it just continuously grow a bit versus like using it to supplement like a income. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, we'll cover short term first of the two. Yeah, dude, take them through short term, man. Ta talk them through why they should switch to everything to EQ. <laughs> <laughs> Hunting for uh, the sponsorship, man. <laughs> Fuck, the rate just dropped. Oh, uh, man. But yeah, in general, uh, we want to save, we want to put our money for short-term, short-term uh, immediate use into some sort of savings account. But one of the main things we want to cover is why it's important to put it into an account that has a decent return compared to the others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to put things into perspective, on average, a the consumer price index rises about two percent a year. So that's uh, how how much um, inflation. No, well, I think you're right though, right? Like the price to purchase stuff is going up two percent every year. Every year, yeah. And you want something that is able to keep up with that. So if you buy a box of apples for 10 bucks this Jeez, year next next year it will be 1020 so you want you want something that you want to put your money into something that will attempt to keep up with that um in general most savings account offered at big banks are are offering cents per month it's pretty fucking garbage is what it is yeah. no, like dude i'm like dude we're passionate about this shit. Like, it's honestly ridiculous. Like, what am I saying about apples? Think about it this way. The cost of buying things is going to go up 2% every year. So, like, money-wise, unless your money is growing at 2% a year also, you're going to be, you're going to have less purchasing power year over year. And especially if you're living in a very expensive city like this, like Toronto, it'll be hard to keep up if you don't put your money in, in somewhere smart. And then, like, one one of the big misconceptions I feel like around savings account, especially like offered by the big banks, like you mentioned, is like they have a lot of accounts labeled as like high interest savings account, premium savings account, exclusively ultra return savings account. But like all of them, the rates are like less than what zero point what five percent. Like I'm looking at this shit right now. TD offers zero point zero one percent on one of their more exclusive premium accounts and 0.1 if you have like a shit ton of assets with them and that's what td i can't imagine what rbc cibc scotia is coming in with I, I think i think most of them have have a very comparable uh interest rates in terms of savings account mm -hmm. since they they try to keep stay competitive with each other right and especially in in this covid situation uh like all the the uh, central banks all dropped their interest rates, and if they're offering a very high interest rate, they you know, banks banks are pretty much giving away free money. <laughs> yeah, at this rate, I, right? right? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if a bank gives out free money, I'm all on for it. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. It's a uh, it's a tough situation right here uh, out here right now, but. Um, we're gonna make the most out of it by our like what we're gonna recommend you do in order to kind of bridge that gap between like that what the shitty banks are offering versus that like percent that high inflation rate that we're always we just harped on. Okay, so both Henry and I we 
we uh, use a savings account at a at a bank called EQ Bank. They offer the best savings account interest rate that we could find in uh, in Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. They offer currently one point seven percent per per year, and they require no minimum balance. It works as as a checking account. You can e transfer in and out of the account. Uh, no transaction fees. So it's pretty much like an everyday checking account, but with the benefit of of the of the added interest that is close close to the inflation rate, but not quite there. Yeah. So at the time of recording, it's uh, the six. They actually announced their rate was decreased yesterday. So previously the rate was two percent, so it matched inflation, which was great. But um, with everything going on, they dropped it to one point seven. I mean. Appreciate the transparency in this and email out, but like even with the drop, it's still the best thing out there right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, the only thing I would warn about EQ Bank is there's no physical locations or no physical branches. It's a completely online bank, and like um, their argument for this is like because they're completely online, the money that they would have used to support like a physical branch is put towards why they can afford like these amazing rates that we're getting right now, the one point seven and stuff. So just a warning if you're craving like that like in person communication for the fixture issues, um banking issues, maybe just double check you're comfortable with the level of like interaction EQ is gonna give you because again it's completely online. If you're transferring money, it's it's gonna be online. You can't just go to tell or ask them to do it for you. You're gonna be doing everything by yourself. Add on to that, if you ever need to withdraw money that's greater than What's the e-transfer limit? Like three thousand? Um, I'm gonna check right now. One second. I, I think that's it's three thousand day, right? So if you needed to withdraw it as cash, you would need to transfer it to your other account, and then you can pull it from from uh, from the ATM machine. But if you needed something more than that, you it would take a couple of days since you can only transfer so much. So I guess you also keep that also keep that in mind, just in case you need like five thousand or something. You can't pull out immediately yeah uh yeah you're compl- yeah you're right there it's a three thousand daily and a ten thousand weekly maximum and then a twenty thousand monthly maximum on the uh e-transfers mm-hmm. but if you do eq to eq it's thirty thousand let me check their bank transfers uh, because i think their bank transfers are also pretty high so if you go bank to bank it shouldn't be a problem e- yeah i think it's up to thirty thousand a day uh at one time, but you it may take a couple of days since it it's pretty much like a bank draft and they have to verify funds and whatnot. So it'll take a couple of days to appear in your other account, I believe. Yeah, you're right. So if you want to move EQ out to another bank, or you like say I want to move EQ to TD, it's gonna be thirty thousand outbound. But if I want to move from TD into EQ, it's a hundred thousand inbound. So okay. more in than out, basically. Mm-hmm. Honestly, though, it's it's such a for these limits. Like honestly, like EQ is such a good bank. Um, I personally had no problems with them so far. Uh, Matt, you? Uh, me neither. Um, their interest rate is paid on a monthly basis. Like the one point seven is an annual rate, but your returns on the interest is paid to you per month, which is really nice. So you can kind of see it roll up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest thing that like we want to talk to about like talk to you about eq is 
this way. Let me find that flashy logo on their site. There it is. EQ Bank is a member of CDIC. So that means like your money is protected by the government. So in the odd case that EQ doesn't have the reserves and it goes belly up, the government will compensate you for whatever you had in your account. Um, I think it's up to $100,000. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think there's a limit. Let me double I think check they that. Said something like that, right? Yeah, let me double check that. I think CDIC. Yeah, you're right. It's 100000 Yeah. So anything, anything under 100000 is insured by CDIC. And if they, you know, they do, God forbid, go belly up. That's when uh, that kicks in and saves your, saves your money. Can you imagine how fucking baller that, that is? Like, imagine one of our listeners is just, he has like 100000 just like chilling around somewhere. Puts it, puts into EQ. My dude, if, if you're listening out there, you're going to want to listen to the next section. Because <laughs> uh, EQ, like, as amazing the rate is and how amazing how liquid it is, there are definitely better options for, like, large sums of money. Personally, we only use EQ as, like, an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Once you have access to what you need as an emergency fund, like, that money could be better utilized somewhere else. That will give you more than uh, the 1.7% return there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think like we covered EQ pretty well. Yo, should we put our uh, referral codes in the description there? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh fuck it. I'm going to put my referral code. I'll put Matt's referral code. If you use my referral code, the one that starts with like Henry and then a couple of numbers, I can promise you the we will, you will get 20 bucks, I will get 20 bucks, and out of that 20 bucks, I'll, don- I'll donate $10 of that to charity. So, oh. you know, just, just to sway you to use my code a bit more. I've actually never tried using the uh, referral. Oh, dude, it's flawless, man. I referred uh, Iman. Mm. We got it within like a week after you signed up. And what's the uh, incentive again? 20 bucks per person? Yeah, he gets 20 bucks and I get 20 bucks. Okay. Yeah, like it's a win win, honestly. Seriously, listeners, use my code. I'll donate half of the the kickbacks to charity. (laughs) Matt's going to use it for like alcohol, so just. uh, Use my code. <laughs> All right, I think we like covered immediate short-term money, right? Like if you're hunting, mm-hmm. like if you're saving for like an immediate short-term kind of burst, keep it in EQ. Um, you want it to be super liquid. You want it to be somewhat matching inflation. And now I guess we're gonna cover like the second category that Matt mentioned before is like the longer-term outlook. So like you're saving for like something way out in the future. Um, and you don't need your money to be like that liquid anymore. And like, that's what the section we're going to cover. Okay. So like, I'll kick it off, uh, for longer term outlooks, don't put your money in. If you're saving, uh, I would say like, if you're, what's a good range, would you say like five plus years out, I would say five to 10 plus years out. Uh, yeah, five, I think, yeah, five, five plus. plus, Yeah. Yeah. So like what we mean by the five plus is just like you have, for example, enough money in your savings account, in a high interest savings account for your emergency fund. Uh, if anything were to happen to you, that money could be used immediately to cover yourself. That's fine. But as that fund keeps increasing, increasing, you get to a point where like, it's not practical to put that much money as an emergency fund. Like the money could be used better elsewhere. And that's what we're covering now. So like, if you don't need access to the money within like five years, these are kind of our recommendations onto what you, you can kind of do with it. The first thing we should cover, though, is like uh, the different types of accounts you can put the money into. Uh, one of them is a 
TFSA, which is a tax-free savings account. And the second is an RSP, which is what registered retirement saving plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, so both of these are tax tax shelters, I guess you would, you would call them. Um, tax deferrals. <laughs> tax, yeah, tax. Def- yeah. So like, you can't protect your money from from uh, the government taking it from you as tax, pretty much. The difference is TFSA. Anything you earn on that is tax free, which is why it's called tax free savings account. So whatever, if you're, let's say you buy uh, an Apple share for ten bucks right now, and in twenty years it becomes becomes five thousand dollars, you don't have to pay any tax on that four thousand four thousand nine hundred ninety bucks. It's all it's all going to you. For RRSP, that's a different case. That is money you put in pre-tax, so it will go straight from your paycheck uh, into the account, and you will not be taxing that amount. So whenever you do pull money from this account, all the money you put in plus whatever you earn on that account will be taxed at that point in time. So this is good for when someone when someone's retired, because if they're when they're 60, 70 years old, they're not they're not working anymore. They don't have income, so the amount of income they have to report is less. And in that case, you will you won't have to pay as as much tax mm-hmm. since you're in a lower tax bracket. Think like the best way to think about it is like these accounts, the both the TFSA and the RSP. There are bank accounts you can open with your banking provider. It's just a separate account. So like you have checking, you add saving, and then you have like a TFSA or an RSP. But the kick, like the main differentiation between the TFSA and the RSP is one is like post tax. So like you, the money is already in your account, and that's when you move into TFSA. You can't move it before. And then the second one, like Matt said, is paycheck straight to your account. Okay, that's the general, like I guess the general summary. But like, do you think do you do you want to go to more specifics on like the TFSA, and I can take care of the RSP one? Uh, sure. Both of them are. Uh, have I guess restrictions on how much you can co- contribute to them because mm-hmm. uh, there's just a limit to how much tax you can you can evade or like not pay. <laughs> can you imagine if it's like TFSA had no limits, dude. Like the shit oh, we can do, man. that'd be amazing. And the government will be broke. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to add in, like it's called a tax-free savings account, but like Matt will get into it. You don't have to use it as a savings account. Just you know, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll get into it, but like just uh, uh, just a preview. Yeah, so these are these are, I guess, shelters or account types that you could put your money in. Uh, within these accounts, you can choose a variety of different investments. You could put it in a regular savings account, which will probably not earn you much or anything at all. Don't do that. Yeah, and or you could put it into uh, things like stocks or mutual funds. You can also put it into. GICs, if you want something a little on the safer side, but yeah, in general, you have options to what you want to what what you want to invest in, but you also have to you have to keep in mind that the higher the risk, the higher the return. Um, so stocks would obviously be the riskiest uh, of the options, but if you're if we're looking because these accounts you're generally using them for the long term, right? So if we're looking over a long term. Uh, stocks generally do go up, and they do go up more than two percent a year, or or one point seven, like 
if we're comparing to the EQ savings account. Um, so generally, let's say this past past year before before COVID, uh, markets were up. I want to say like fifteen percent this year before COVID. Holy shit! Really? But I want to say it's like fifteen twenty percent before COVID hit. Wow. Um. So you know, like it was a it was a it was a good year with a lot of um, like tax reductions in in the states and and just a lot of trade trade deals going on between countries. I, I feel like I feel like hit the nail on the head there. It's if you have like like what we said before, if you have excess money that you don't need immediate access to, that you can hold out for five plus years, open one of these accounts, and then like take the route that Matt suggested and just put into stocks. It's mm-hmm. uh, you, there's like obviously different types of stocks, like, um, and then you can kind of evaluate your risk tolerance between that. We'll talk about all this in the next episode. But like, honestly, like, uh, if you don't need access to your money five plus years out, put into a TFSA, and then use the TFSA for like what it could, like the main purpose of it, right? Which is any gains or profit in that account in your TFSA, they're completely tax free. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to report it on your income st- uh, or your, on your taxation stuff like come April. Uh, yeah. Best part of all, any bank will open a TFSA for you. Mm-hmm. Like uh, any, like they have to. <laughs> yeah, it's I guess in terms of the uh, the contribution limits, you can start contributing to it once you start once you are eighteen years old, mm-hmm. and every year there's a specific allowance. So you will have to do the math uh, on how much you can contribute per year. You can check this on the CRA website. They keep track of it. And update it on a, on a on an annual basis. So, if you were to contribute, let's say in June, you kind of have to keep track of it and not over contribute because if you do, there are penalties. Um, since the the uh, the amount on CRA website doesn't up update till the end of the year. Yeah. So, like, if you log in CRA on like January first, you're good. Like that number is gonna be accurate. Um, but if you put in money, like like Matt said, June. Uh, you're gonna want to keep track of that because, like, that website doesn't refresh until like January first of next year. Ooh, yeah. and for reference, I think right now the annual limit's five thousand five hundred a year. I think it might be six. Uh, I thought it was sixty five hundred this year. It's been a while. Is it sixty five hundred? Let's we'll we'll double check that. Wait, I can log in this area right now. Actually, Actually, wait, TFSA... 2019 is 6,000. 6,000, yeah. It's a 2020 amount. I don't know, I feel like the government's going to probably raise that soon. Mm. It's it's different every year. Uh, it also depends on uh, who the federal government is, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Oh, politics. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, a key thing for TFSA is like we keep mentioning how it's like five plus years out. If you don't need your money for five plus years, put it into TFSA. It doesn't mean it's locked in for five plus years. We're saying five plus years because like that kind of opens up the options on what you can do with this type of account, and not just use it as like a savings account that's like tax free. Um, you can take out money out of it anytime. So like for example, if I bought like Apple shares, like Matt said, and I needed the money, I could sell those Apple shares from that account put that money back into the checking account and use it as I need to. But the problem with doing that is that one, you're hurting, like 
you're not really using the account for like what it's supposed to be used for you at that point you're day trading and i'm sure there's like limits and restrictions here and there and then um you can't so say like my limit was six thousand for the year i bought six thousand worth of stuff and i sold it because i really need the money i can't put in six thousand within the same year i sold it i'll only get that limit back the next year so like the next year if it's six thousand again my limit will now be twelve thousand because the year previous i took out the six thousand and sold it out but like, i don't recover that limit within the same year mm-hmm. so if i were to buy something again for that year that'll be over contributing yeah just uh gotta keep an eye out on over contributing because the penalties are pretty severe dude fuck man i, I really want to tell a story of how i was young i just like did it and uh, it wasn't pretty <laughs> <laughs> i mean the CRA understanding right if you send an email just like hey like i over contributed i just miscalculated they'll, they'll, like they'll there'll be like a forgiveness rate or something but like honestly just like really double check your limits go on the CRA website it's free everyone is allowed one check your limits before you contribute um i mean that's it for tfsa i think do you think we missed anything um i think that's the gist of it yeah i mean you honestly for people for listening and like for the people listening in toronto any bank will open tfsa for you um they're obviously like matt said like different types of tfsas but like in general you just go and say hey i want to open tfsa they'll do it for you all right, you RSVs now? Yeah? Yeah. Whew. All right. All right, help me out here and there, okay? If I start yeah, yeah. back, just jump in. Because uh, RSVs are uh, it's a bit more, it's a lot less simple because it's a pre-tax one. Okay, so like we said, RSP is it's a registered retirement savings plan. Um, it's everything. Your contribution, instead of putting it after your taxes, so like after... Uh, the employee, like usually your employer will kind of already deduct the tax before they give it to you in your paycheck. But the thing with RSP is like it's contributed before they actually pay you your paycheck. So it's pre-tax. There's pros and cons to this. One, the biggest one I think is what Matt mentioned before is that one, you're reducing your taxable income for like that year. And two, you kind of, you're able to kind of play like the norbit's gambit a bit or like not norbit's gambit but like uh you're kind of able to play around with like your income levels almost because like the biggest uh the biggest or like the best way to think about it is if i made five thousand fifty thousand dollars a year and i contribute five thousand into my rsp for that year i'm actually be taxed forty five thousand so whatever i contribute into the rsp it's deducted from what my total taxable amount is and that five and then that whatever I contribute in the RSP gets the same benefit as like the TFSA, where you kind of use it as whatever. So as it's growing and growing and growing, um, come when I'm like retired in my 90s, you know, in like Lake Simcoe at a cottage, and I take out that money, I'm gonna be taxed at like that income level I was previous, like at, at the time I took it out. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're like a during your peak years, you're making like a lot of money. One, you're bringing down your taxable rate, and two, you're kind of going into retirement. You're obviously going to be like earning less, and then you take a more favorable rate then. So you're almost playing the system a bit. Um, the government does this to really just encourage you to save for retirement. It's exactly what it sounds like—a registered savings plan. Hmm. Uh, I believe the contribution limit per year is 
eighteen percent of your of your total income. Is it? Dude, I need to do my research more before we go on to these. Like, RSP. I think you're right, though. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's 18% of earned income. Yeah. Oh, 18% you're part of your... On your tax return in the previous year. Mm hmm. 18%. Oh, but like, say you're like a super high earner, there's also a dollar cap, too. It's uh, 26,000. Okay. It's not bad when I don't hit that, dude. <laughs> Feels bad when I can't hit that. <laughs> so you can contribute up to a percentage of your previous year's income. Um, and I, I'm not. I'm actually not too sure. Uh, you know, you know, most a lot of companies have a um, like a matching contribution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you kind of so that also adds to your contribution, right? That takes up part of your contribution room. So I believe you will have to keep that in mind. If you can't contribute like a full 18%, you can, I guess, if they're matching up to a certain percentage. I'm not sure how much. This varies from company to company. Um, we'll, we'll, for for example's sake, we'll just assume they'll, they'll match 100% of your contributions, which is very unlikely. But you will only need to contribute nine percent of your income of last year uh since they're contributing the other half right guys if any if your employer in toronto is offering you matching rsp contributions take it that's free money mm -hmm. like take it <laughs> yeah it's definitely free money like you don't have to touch it at all for since you know it's a long-term savings anyways so you kind of save it and forget it. And you'll thank yourself in, in 30, 50 years time when you see, oh, I didn't know I had this much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what Matt said. It's like either if they're really matching 100%, take 9% as a rule because it's 18% of your previous income. But like you can also keep the dollar figure in mind. It's mm -hmm. $26,000. So like unless if your paycheck full year, you're putting more than like 13000 into it, and your employees matching thirteen thousand. Just like keep that in mind. What you, what your room to play with is there, you know. And also, um, for for both TFSA and RSP, the uh, contribution room does carry over. So, uh, if you don't contribute this year, it can make up for the room next year. So you'll have, uh, yeah. So TFSA, TFSA, you will have twelve thousand instead of just six thousand for next year. Um, so there is no hurry to put it in those accounts but it is definitely beneficial since you can start your savings earlier yeah like again like what we're trying to say here is like if you have excess money and you want to th start thinking long term please utilize your tfsa on your rsps because like if you're looking at a longer term outlook these are the accounts you want to put them in and not in like a high interest savings account your high interest savings accounts should only be like for emergency funds or like stuff you're Funds you need immediate access to within like one to five years, anything longer. TFSA, RSP, it. Seriously. I think like we got all of it. I mean, we can go into the nuances of like how you can use an RSP to pay for your tuition or like a house, but like uh, the stuff is, uh, I don't know. Should, should we go over that? Uh, yeah, we could. Um, Dude, I, I, think... I actually, do you want to go over both of those? Because, uh, 
I never used my RSP for uh, education. I just took out OSAP. I I didn't either. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna skip RSP. Uh, you know what? We'll we'll include the links for both <laughs> these options in the description for you to read on. But like, I feel like we're not that uh qualified, or like we don't have enough like experience using these plans to really speak to them. But we'll include them. So like, what we're trying to say is like the RSP. Um, it's it offers some benefits the TFSC doesn't because it's a pre-tax uh, pre-tax account. One of them is called the lifelong learning plan, which is like you can use your RS the money in your RSP to finance your education. Is what it is. Um, and because like that's pre-tax amount that's going into these accounts, like you're obviously able to like save more a year, and like continuous education is always like I feel like the best kind of investment you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second one, the second uh, benefit an RSP will offer is uh, the first time home buyer, I think. Yeah, the, uh, it's called a home buyer's plan. Yeah. Um, so you, it allows you to withdraw uh, up to 35000 for for your um, when you're buying a house. So you can use it for down payment or just paying out, covering covering whatever closing costs you have. Because this, like Henry said, this amount is pre-taxed, right? So whatever, it is a larger amount than what you would have in, in a, uh, whatever your checking account, because your tax is still there, right? It wasn't taken by the government. So you can use that money to help you pay off, pay off your, uh, your down payment. I mean, like, I think we have an episode coming up on real estate, which will be a fun one. Like, mm -hmm. we'll bring on, like, the real estate, uh, real iterations. <laughs> the realtors, uh, but yeah, like because it's pre-tax, you're, it's like you're not getting taxed, and like it's every dollar goes a lot, a lot farther. Like put it that way, it's nice. I, I'm not too familiar with the uh, the education one, but I, I believe for the home buyer's plan, you do have to uh, repay it within a certain amount. Yeah, I think it's like ten years or something. Ten years. Yeah, but like you can also contribute directly back into your RSP, right? Mm -hmm. So like it's not like you have to go like hit the at the tax rate and then put into your RSP and take the benefit the next year. It could go just straight into your RSP to recover. Yeah, that, that's great. That's good. I mean, like, well, honestly, like we made a Twitter account. If you have any questions, just tweet at us. Maybe we'll make an email account. We should probably make an email account for the sponsorships. You know, um, we but we'll Instagram we'll, too. <laughs> Yo, I, I'm not gonna imagine Instagram, dude. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm not. Like, I'm not about like taking selfies and putting out content like that. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What am I gonna do? Like a morning selfie? It's like, hey guys, check out One Percent Toronto. No. <laughs> um, we'll include both these links below, and like, um. You can read through it. Also, um, we recommend like a subreddit thread called like Personal Finance Canada. Great stuff there. Um, the community is actually pretty friendly, but uh, just take uh, everything they say there with a grain of salt, because um, I feel like it's, there's a lot of people who are better off kind of posting there. And like comparison is like the thief of joy, right? So if you're always like facing comparing yourself against those people, it uh, brings down mood pretty quickly. But like as a resource to ask questions and get like some like I guess like experienced opinions, it it doesn't hurt. It's a I, I use it all the time personally.
Yeah, for sure. Uh, there are a lot of little tips and just people discussing stuff about about personal finance in Canada, and you know, you could take a couple of uh, advice here and there. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, I'm sorry that like this episode could be more specific to Toronto. Um. But like, I I do feel like if you're like in Toronto, these are definitely like resources you should be using. Like Matt said, it's a fairly expensive city, and like every kind of little gain you can take here and there, like chips build chunks, will add up, right? Yeah. Anyway, like I mean, I think that's it. Like we covered everything we wanted to, right? I think so. Yeah. All right, dude. Don't we we have to put an ending in? Okay. So like, what's what's the ending? Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> we have to uh, sing a song. <laughs> Maybe we'll sing a song. <laughs> you might have to sing a song. <laughs> I still play this guitar. Send the send the listeners off like that. No. Uh, <laughs> um, no. Um, follow us on Twitter. You can tweet us, and uh, I'm monitoring the Twitter account, so like you'll get a response within like reasonable time. I'm like Matt. You know, responds like a week later. <clears throat> <laughs> um, also, you're talking about. Uh, we'll have our EQ reference links below um, feel free to use them if you're going to sign up with EQ if you don't sign up with them you, you can also sign up with the regular sign up like they have a fancy sign up button uh, I should probably include that below too just in case you know you don't want to use an affiliate link uh, but honestly like uh, I feel like those are like the main things oh and we'll include the resources on like the RSP stuff and like how you can kind of open it to say an RSP with like any banking institution Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's everything yeah all right thanks for checking us out guys bye all right yep